0: been talking about walking in the spirit wasn't last Sunday good walking and what we mean by that is you are to walk never moved by the outside never led by the outside right we're not even to know each other after the flesh we know each other after the spirit right so, so this is so important, because as we walk, the Bible, it just says it over and over and over. As we walk through life, we are to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and he will add all of those things to us. The Lord, Psalm 23, is our shepherd. What does a shepherd do? He leads the sheep. And because he's our shepherd, we will never want, means we'll never diminish, we'll never decrease, we'll never lack because he's our shepherd. It is imperative in your season of life on this earth, which is the shortest season of anything in your existence. We're going to be here a shorter time in, this, in our unrenewed bodies. We still have this old nature in our body that we got to deal with, but it's not for very long, right? And then once... Jesus pulls us out of here in the rapture or whether we grow old and we step out of our body and we're with him, we won't have to deal with that flesh anymore. But we talked about how that your flesh, the nature in it, will constantly try to side with your unrenewed mind to try to take your spirit man captive so that you start walking in a way that you are not meant to walk. You are you're created to walk by faith it's the most natural thing in the world for you to walk by faith not by sight so here's the deal though if you've been walking by sight like all of us have for our whole life then we get saved and all of a sudden the the whole world system is designed to create fear unbelief it's 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 yelling at you to get your attention look at me Look at, my, look at your finances. That doesn't look good, and we are not to look at that. Amen. We are to look at our provider. Amen. So being walking in the Spirit, it literally means that my spirit man, who is submitted to the Holy Spirit, is who leads me. Amen. My spirit leads me as, as, as he is being led by the Holy Spirit. I'm never to be led by my flesh. I'm never to be led by my feelings or by my emotions. If you'll notice, when you're not feeling very good, right, you're kind of upset, you're frustrated, just start looking at that. Has anybody ever focused on their problems and felt good and got the answer? Nope. No, no, you don't, that's not how it works, right? Right? Husbands and wives, have have any of you ever just all of a sudden, man, here's this wife who knows all of her husband's buttons, and she pushes a couple of them, and then the husband's like, oh yeah, and he pushes a couple of them, and all of a sudden, we're very much looking at natural things. Has that ever all of a sudden, have you ever just sensed the presence of God come over you and you just feel so good? No. Have you ever won an argument? No. 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 There is a place in God as you learn how to be led by the Spirit of God and walk in the Spirit. And when I say walk in the Spirit, I'm saying you're walking this natural life out. Your, sp- your spirit is the one who is directing that walk as your spirit is submitted to the Holy Spirit. So we're going to talk more about that today. You guys ready? Hallelujah. Aren't you glad you're born again? Wow. There's this movie uh, that I watched. It's an older movie, and uh, it was on Pure Flix, and I can't remember the name of it, but the whole movie was about It was about this husband and wife that were not born again, their marriage was not really good, and she really wanted her husband to take her to Pepino's restaurant. We were laughing because we're going to Newport Beach today, and in Foothill Ranch, there's a restaurant, an Italian restaurant called Pepino's that we really like, but this one was in Chicago, so she really wanted her husband to take her on a date. To Peppino's restaurant on a Friday night, so she goes. Well, hey, can we go do that? And 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 the husband looks at her, kind of like, well, no. My friend got tickets behind home plate at Wrigley Field, so I'm out. I'm you know. So she's not happy about that. Then she goes to work. She's an attorney. She goes to work, and on her keyboard is this envelope, and she opens it up, and it's an invitation to have dinner at seven o'clock Friday night at Peppino's restaurant. Who invited her? Jesus Christ. So she's like, okay, who's messing with me? And she's talking to her mom. She's kind of ticked. And then she realizes, oh, I bet my husband was just being, he really is being nice. And... But no, the whole movie was her and Jesus sitting across a table. It, was, it, was, it had some really cool parts. But one of the things that Jesus said was, you need, you need God living in you to strengthen you, to, to guide you, to help you. And that's how we are to live. We are to be God inside-minded, you know? So I want to talk more about that today. Go to Ephesians chapter 5. We're going to look at verse 1. Ephesians chapter 5 in verse 1. I'm telling you, there is a life that you have been made for. To live on this earth and to live days of heaven on this earth. God does not want you moved by anything that this world throws at you. He wants you to see things as they really are. That you are a world overcomer because you've been born of God. And that the enemy has been defeated and you've been given authority in the matchless name of Jesus. So the word says this, Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 1, it says, be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. This Greek word followers means be ye therefore imitators of God as dear children. That would be in the Greek as little children. Just, have you ever noticed with little kids, they just trust you. Micah will stand on our coffee table and he goes like this and he just literally falls. If I didn't catch him, bam! I mean, but he never thinks about Papa won't catch him. Right? He always knows. Be therefore followers or imitators of God as dear children. Now jump down to verse 14. Look at what it says here. Where he said, wherefore he saith, look at this, awake thou that sleep. If you study this in context, he is likening the Christian who is ruled by their flesh, they're likened to someone who's asleep. And he's saying, awake thou that sleep. And that's what God would be saying to you today. If you're living your life focused on natural things, we know one thing, you are not living in zoe life. God would say, wake up, right? Awake thou that sleep, and look at this, and arise from the dead. What? Oh yeah, if you're living out of your flesh, think about this. What nature does your flesh have in it? Death. It has spiritual death in it. So everything, Genesis tells us, everything produces after its own kind. Can anything, if you're living out of your flesh, can it produce life? It can't. He's saying, awake up and arise from the dead. Why? Because you're already alive. And it says, and Christ shall give you light. This says a whole mouthful here. If we are governing our life by our flesh, we are, we are living, We're like it's like we're asleep. It's like we're dead and we're living in darkness. But the Bible says if you choose to wake up, if you choose to wake up, I want to wake up and I'm going to arise from the dead. That means I'm going to change my course. It says when you make that decision, the anointed one, Christ, the anointed one and his anointing will give you light. Another way to say that, who is Christ? He is the anointed word. You could say, and the word will give you light. See, when you're flesh ruled, you don't see very much when you're reading your Bible. You don't see very much when you're in church. Why? Because it's, you're, you're looking at darkness, Spirit-led Christians will imitate Jesus. Carnal, flesh-ruled Christians will imitate the world. That's just, that's bottom line, right? See, the church should be changing the culture of the world. But what we're seeing is Christians... What what they are excited about and what they enjoy is exactly what the world enjoys. And and so what we're seeing is the culture of the world has been affecting the church. Well, guess what? It's time for us to wake up, arise from the dead, and let Jesus give us light. Look at Romans chapter 8, verse 29. Romans chapter 8, verse 29 Man, that's just so exciting. Somebody just really got an answer right there. I could feel it in my spirit. I don't know if if it's someone here or someone online, but someone just literally made a shift on the inside and a decision to change the course of my life. That's so cool. Romans chapter 8, verse 29. It says, For whom he did foreknow... The word foreknow means he knew, he knew you beforehand. Who was that? Every human being that's ever lived. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate. This means he predetermined or he preplanned something for those that he knew before. So that means every human being who has ever lived, God Not only knew them, but he predetermined something for them. There's a plan for your life. And this is the plan for us to be conformed. That means to be fashioned like unto the image. This means literally the very resemblance. And here's the other meaning of that Greek word, the very representation Of his son. Every human being, Adolf Hitler, God knew before he was born. And God predetermined the plan for that man to be conformed, fashioned into the very image and resemblance of Jesus. But he chose not. Right? Well, not us. I'm choosing this. I know God's plan for my life is that I literally am fashioned. He wants to take your life and fashion it into the very image, the very resemblance, the very representation of Jesus. Did Jesus ever walk in fear? No. Was he ever moved by anything outward? Never. Right? Was he ever limited in any way? Not in any way. And that's the same way that he wants you to live. And see, here's the thing. We can't do that on our own. We have to do that in him. Right? So now let's jump over to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 18. Here now we're going to start talking about how that happens. We know that God has a plan. And that is for us to be fashioned into the very representation and resemblance of Jesus. We know that we have to do that. We have to, we have to literally awry, awake, right, from, from our sleep, arise from the dead and let Jesus give us light. That's how that's going to happen. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 in verse 18, it says, but we all, With open face, in the Greek it would be with an unveiled face, with an open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord. This word glass would be the Greek word for mirror. The Bible says that with an open face, beholding as in a glass or a mirror, the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image changed it's the greek word metamorpho it literally means to be changed to be transformed what does that mean that greek word metamorpho was used on the mount of transfiguration when what was on the inside of jesus was transformed on the outside in other words that's what happens it was that greek word metamorpho was it was translated transfigure in that in Romans chapter 12 where it talks about don't be compressed forced into the mold of the world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that word transformed is the same Greek word metamorpho in other words as you renew your mind with the word of God who you are on the inside will show on the outside as I peer into the mirror Well, what is the mirror? If you want to see what your spirit looks like, just look in the mirror. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I am born of God, therefore I am a world overcomer. I love God because he first loved me. He always causes me to triumph. He always gives me the victory. Nothing can... I'm looking at the mirror. Nothing can separate me from the love of God which is found in Christ Jesus. All the promises of God are in Christ yes and in Christ amen. All things are possible to me as I believe God. Right? This is... I'm looking into the mirror and and this is saying as I peer into the mirror... I am transformed, I'm transfigured, I'm changed into the same image. What image? Well, this is Jesus. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. Verse 14, and the Word became flesh. This is Jesus. As I meditate in this Word, it will transform me. It'll pull out from the inside onto the outside who I am in Christ. If sickness is attacking your body illegally, it will cause you to rise up and be like Jesus. He never, he he dealt with sickness and disease. He's a healer, right? He would believe and speak, cast out devils, cast out sickness, right? All that, you'll do the same thing. Poverty and lack, he never put up with that, right? Are you saying, pastor, that literally the same image as Jesus? Yeah, but you keep that scripture up there because let's look at the end of that scripture. It says that we'll be changed from glory to glory. Look at that. We're changed from glory to glory even as by the Spirit of the Lord. So who does the changing? The Holy Spirit. This verse has a whole series on the ministry of the Holy Spirit. What does he do? He pulls on the outside who you are on the inside, if you'll let him, right? Guys, what is the bar for a Christian? We are to walk as Jesus walked. We are to do greater works than he did. Why? Because now he is seated at the right hand of his father. He has been given a name above every name. Now all authority was given to him and he gave it to us in his name. So now as you're sitting here today, how do I even fathom that in my life? Think about if Jesus were to take your place in your life right now, What would change? You think your net worth might increase a little bit? Do you think it would increase because you're working harder? Mm -mm. Christians are looking at their education, they're looking at their background to determine no, no, it doesn't say anything if you go to an Ivy League school. No, it says if you believe, you've been given the very blessing of Abraham. You've been redeemed from poverty and lack, been redeemed from sickness and disease, right? Isn't that amazing? But we all, see, we have an unveiled face now. We've been given the mind of Christ. We literally, the Bible says that he placed his spirit in us so that we can know those things that he freely gave us. Why? So that we can walk those things out in our life. This is so important that a Christian knows this. So go over to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We're going to look at verses 9 and 10, and then we're going to jump to verse 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 says, but as it is written, and when you see that in the Bible, where it says, but as it is written, that means that is quoting now an Old Testament scripture. This specific one is quoting Isaiah 64.4. It says, I hath not seen. So this is talking about something that your eye cannot see, your physical eye. Nor ear heard. So this is talking about something that your physical ear, you can't hear. Okay neither has entered into the heart that's a little vague because you got to really dig into the greek word it's literally talking about the mind you could literally read this neither has it entered into your mind what the things which god hath past tense prepared for them that love him god has some things that he's prepared for you isn't that ex- i mean Guys, God, the God of the universe, has prepared something for you. And we learn from James that every gift from him is good and it's perfect. Don't you want to lay, see, you laying hold of that is a massive witness because it will all speak Speak of the love of God. And it won't speak, it won't, it won't literally, as God blesses Pastor Torian and Elisa. See, this is the thing when people look at their life, it doesn't speak even to them of God's great love for them. No, it speaks, wow, God would do that for me too. Because that's what the Holy Spirit would be speaking. Hey, I'm no respecter of persons. This is for you too. Right? Look at this, but verse 10. So your eye hasn't seen it, your ear hasn't heard it, it's not entered your mind, the wonderful things that God has prepared for you that love him, but God has revealed them unto us by his spirit. Does his spirit reveal anything to your flesh, to your mind? No, he never talks to your mind. He talks to your spirit. That's how come you must walk in the Spirit. If you're stressed out because of the outside influence, you're walking in the flesh, and even though he has a plan and he's prepared something and he's trying to get some information over to you, some things over to you, he can't. He's got to get you to jump over here and and line up with him. Because he's just. Right? Aren't you glad? I mean, sometimes, you know, when I was a baby Christian, I would just sit there and go, you know, God, I would look at dogs and I'm going, I wish I was like a dog. I mean, it's amazing how dogs are, right? You leave the house, they sit at the door going, are you coming back yet? Are you coming back yet? I'm like, God, I, wanna, I literally want to be that way with you. But the response would be, well, then be that way with me. He You know, you just wish God could just come in and just nuke your life and just make, but you know, that wouldn't be just. And do we really want the creator of the universe to not be just? No, no, no. He needs to be just, right? But God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit. So God is saying, listen, you can't see what I've prepared for you with your flesh, but My spirit will reveal them to your spirit. For the spirit, talking about the Holy Spirit, searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. Well, of course he does, because he is God. And then look at verse 12. Now we have received not the spirit of the world. But, you could say, or but we have received... The spirit which is of God, why? That we might know. This Greek word know means that we might perceive. This means that we might see something. That we might know or perceive the things that are freely given unto us by God. It's very very important that you know. And that's why you have to be careful what you hear. You have to be careful how you hear. And you have to be careful who you hear. Right? So very, very important. Romans chapter 8. I want you to set your eyes on this. We know this scripture, or we know about it. Romans chapter 8, verse 14. Right? For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Now we need to teach this Because this word sons of God, it literally means the mature adult coming of age sons of God. For as many as are led, that tells me whether I fit into this class is up to me. Right? And it tells me the mature coming of age son of God will be led by the Spirit of God. And this Greek word led, you've, you've seen me, if you've been around here for very long, I've, I've tied Edwin up several times. That word, that word led is a Greek word. It's the Greek word ago. It was a farming term where literally a farmer would tie a rope around his animal and lead them. And that's what we call that that unction on the inside. So, Here's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit doesn't line up with you. His job is to lead you down your path. So let's say this is my path. But let's say, here I am, you know, I'm I'm putting God first in my life, I'm meditating on the word, and have you ever noticed, see, most decisions are not like this. Okay, should I... Should I go after church? Should I go out to eat? Or should I, should I go rob a, a gas station? Right? It's, it's usually not that clear. Right? Right? Should I, should I walk in love or should I just blast my wife? That, that's, that's a real, right? Real simple. But what about this one? So should I take this position, this job that's offered to me, for eighty thousand a year, or should I take this one for forty thousand a year? Now, most people would go and instantly, oh, that's stupid. God wants you blessed, eighty thousand. No, 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 because God never looks at your job as your source, ever, ever. God can lead you into things that are amazing. So, so you have to, in order to know, so let's say, okay, I've got this option, right? I, I knew a guy uh, years ago back in the 80s left the church in Southern California to take a job making three times and judging from his lifestyle, he had a pretty large six-figure income. And he moved away and moved to Texas and lost his family, lost his career, lost everything. Why? Well, the blessing of the Lord is in the land. Come on, pastor, that's hard. Are you telling me, yeah, I am, be careful, right? But this is the thing. So let's say, here I am, okay, so I get a call this week and man, right Right four miles in from, you know, Newport or Laguna Beach, there is a church, it's a $30 million facility, and they're going to pay me $300,000 a year to go pastor that church, and they offer me that job. Right? And it's, it's January in Nebraska. <laughs> And and I'm and and, and, and literally I'm I'm snow blowing my driveway the 18 inches of snow to get out freezing right and I feel a vibration and that, and that's the text hey we want you to do this and I'm sitting here going so let's say all of a sudden so this is my path Faith Family Church Omaha Nebraska right here but let's say this looks wow, right? Your office, you don't have to be in the office. You could just go go down to Crescent every day. You could study, you could do all your stuff there, whatever, cool, right? So, so it's, it's like everything. And oh, by the way, we're gonna just go ahead as a bonus, throw in this million dollar house for you. You know, just as a bonus. And of course you need... You need, you know, to pastor a church like this, uh, you know, we're going we're gonna to give you, you know, 150, or I, we're going to give you like a Bentley SUV to drive maybe. It's really fast, you know, like 800 horsepower, right? License plate, REV, 311. Behold, I come quickly, right? You know, I mean everything. And, and all of a sudden I'm going, wow. How would they even know? Maybe that's God. I'm starting to be led by outward things. So let's say, though, my life is submitted to the Lord. I'm meditating in the Word, but I got this rope around me, and he's trying to lead me here. But let's say I just start going, wow, honey, wow. Right? The more I move towards here, I will get to the point where my inside will just be going, what are you doing? But this is where most Christians, they just keep going. And, and, and they live in this tug on the inside of them. And for many people, the tug could be, you need to forgive. For many people, it's you need to forgive yourself. You need to let this go. You need to stop thinking this way. Whatever it is. But the more I move... see. If I'm a mature son of God, I start moving this way, and I'm like, ooh, no, that's not it. And all of a sudden, I start coming back. with the rope. And I get over here in my snowblower, 20 below zero with 40-mile-an-hour winds. And I'm not happy on the outside, but I'm so happy on the inside. Right? And I'm so happy on the inside. I'm telling you guys, there's a peace. The enemy has all kinds of tricks, but you will always know, I'm so grateful for the Holy Spirit, but to know you have to make a decision. See, for me, I I peer in. I'm always peering into the mirror, so I'm literally always being changed into the image of Jesus, which was my meat, my strength, my very substance and nourishment is to do the will of my Father. So I don't care where I live. I want to live in a place where He wants me because I know Him. Whatever He has for me is glorious. Glorious. I think about, you know, Uh, years ago we were we were brand new church you know we're we're at the cafeteria of Elkhorn Ridge Middle School some you know some of you guys remember this and uh, wonderful couple in our church uh, they they wanted to show me a property and so I went over there and I pull I pull in just like everything everyone when when, I pulled in and I'm like yep this isn't it and so they're there and they want to take me through and they're like well what do you think I'm like well it's it's a really nice property, but it's not it. Because the Lord said, this is not it, and now's not the time. So I told that to them, and they got very upset. And, and you know, uh, nobody really knows the biggest giver in the church because God doesn't look at the amount. He looks at, at the percentage in the heart, right? But in the natural, these people were the biggest giver in our church at the time, by far. You know, most of the time they wouldn't give in the offering because it was a check for $30,000, you know, or whatever. You're just like, okay, that helps a brand new church meeting in a cafeteria, right? And so they let me know. They said, listen, very graciously, but they're like, you know, um, we, we believe in, in this work and um, we need our own building, And so we we need you to get on board. I've made some calls. We can get, you know, we can make this happen and we will personally be behind this. So whatever finances we need, you know, and all this other stuff, cafeteria, building, right? And so, you know, and, but they said, but but pastor, if you're not willing to take this step, then we're not going to be able to support this anymore, and, you know, and I just said, hey, I go, you know, guys, that's fine. I said, I love you guys. And, and if your money needs to give you influence, this will never be the church. You know, we, like you coming to this church, God plants you here. If you never decide to honor God in your finances and you never give a penny, you will get the same pastoral care as somebody You'll never see in our all in event, in our membership class, if you notice, if you've been through it, we do not make you commit to tithing. We're surely not going to send you a bill if you get behind. I've, I've actually heard of churches like that. Yikes, right? We're not a collection agency, we're a church, right? And so they, they left the church, and years later, Jeanette and I, you know, God gave us this building, and we're sitting in Hawaii. I mean, think about that. Man, how much did it cost us to go to Hawaii? Well, we flew first class on points, so that didn't cost us anything. Um, Someone had blessed us for money, which exactly covered the rental car while we were in Hawaii. And we owned timeshares, and we traded them for this resort in Hawaii, so we paid nothing for this 1,300-square-foot villa. And we're sitting on this beautiful beach, you know, and uh, I, I don't even know, Pastor Dave, maybe it was you. I don't, know if, I don't know if Jeanette found it on the news or what, but it was when like half of Nebraska flooded yeah. and it showed the property. <clears throat> and all you could see was the roof of the building because the rest of it was underwater. And I was thinking, you know, it was in a flood zone but it was one of those, you know, 500-year flood zones. But you, you wouldn't be able to get flood insurance. And I was thinking, we looked at that and went, wow. God had already known. Amen. And we sat there, you know, I was on the phone with pastors in Nebraska, seeing if they were okay and doing all this stuff. But, you know, we didn't have to be concerned about our church because we're kind of up high, and right? God... See, right now as you're sitting here, how would I get off on all that? God knows your future. He knows what he has for you. And it is good. He's so good. So he's just literally wooing you by his spirit. Listen, peer into me. And you'll see who you are. You'll be changed into my image so that you'll have the courage and the strength to walk and not be moved by what you see. See many times when God is move when God is moving you into a new phase and I could tell you this right now. Guys, you are in a new phase. There is multiplied I can't even say there's multiplied wealth for you. There's multiplied health. We are we are an end of days church. God wants to flood into his church, all of these things to get the precious fruit of the earth and he wants the world to see how good he is so that they would turn to him because everybody's being pressed to make a decision, right? So this is, this is why this is so important. In verse 16, it tells us how, in Romans eight sixteen, it tells us how he leads us. The spirit, it says itself. I, I know every time I read this verse, I always have to say this, the Holy Spirit is not an it. He is a person. It's the Greek word autos. It means himself. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. What does that mean? When sickness attacks your body, he will bear witness with your spirit. Wait a minute, you are a child of God. You've been redeemed from that. Get, use my name and get that out of your body. And don't get down on a doctor or a surgeon if they tell you the facts because that's the way they live in. But truth always trumps facts. Always. Right? Jump over to John chapter 16. John chapter 16 Verse 13 and 14, this Holy Spirit that dwells in you, that you, the spirit being that you are, are to submit to and live out of the inside. See, we live out of the inside. We don't live out of the outside. That's how come, as you're ministering, you don't let the chaos in other people's life become the chaos in your life. You also don't let the praise of man or the persecution of man move you. You owe no one anything but to love them. I'm telling you, you're all in full-time ministry and you are to shine forth Jesus. You're to love and love and love and love and give a person another chance and another chance and another chance. Never give up on them, right? That's who, that's who we are. John chapter 16, verse 13, it says, how be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come. Well, what's truth? This is John chapter 16. In the next chapter, John 17, 17 says, thy word is truth. How be it when the spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into all truth. He will guide you into this. He will teach you the word. That's why faith comes by hearing. So here you are, Mr. or Mrs. Brand New or Miss Brand New Christian or Baby Christian, you don't understand anything, get excited and read the Bible out loud. Because as you're reading it, the Holy Spirit who knows everything about the word will teach you. He'll use everything. But he'll guide you into all the truth. It says he won't speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He will show you when there's sickness in your body, you will see yourself well. He will show your ministry flourishing when you think it's not. He will show you that you are prosperous and you'll see yourself prosperous even when your checking account is empty. He will show you the end result of what you're believing God for. He told Joshua the same thing. Josh, meditate in my word day and night that you may observe yourself doing all that's written in the word and then you'll make your way prosperous. See, you can't move in a direction you don't see. But there's so many Christians that are refusing to put the Word of God first place and start meditating in it. And, and for a Christian to not meditate in the Word of God, it'd be like a fish trying to live out of water. Enjoy the frustration you're in right now. It's only going to get worse as you get older. You, so, so make the change. Don't live in this definition of insanity where I'm going to do the same thing expecting a different result. Well, what do you change? Hey, I got good news for you. The Holy Spirit will tell you exactly what to do. And he'll keep telling you, because many times you do, you're led by the Spirit of God, but you, because if your flesh ruled at all, you won't want to do it. How many times have you finally sorted through and you see the will of God and you're like, oh, I knew that all the time. I just wasn't really willing to do it, right? He'll glorify me, verse 14, for he shall receive of mine and he will show it to you. Notice it doesn't say he will tell you, he will show you. He'll show you. Keep that in mind. This is why we must believe for revelation knowledge of his word and believe God for utterance. When you come to church, you need to be believing God for revelation knowledge of his word to flow to you because God, if he's planted you here, then the gifts inside of me are designed, designed to equip you to go do the work of the ministry. That's God's will for your life. Well, pastor, I got to work. I got to, oh yeah, that's all part of it. Your work is to be a form of worship. Your work is to be ministry. I don't care if you're working with one or two people. They're probably your fruit. Yeah, but they're both spirit-filled Christians. Yeah, maybe you're supposed to help them. Right? No, no, no. You are to be led by the Spirit of God and you got to believe God for revelation. When you come to church, when you're reading your Bible, anytime you're listening to the Word, I'm believing you to reveal your Word I'm believing you for utterance. When you come to church, you need to be believing God for utterance. I'm believing God. Lord, give me utterance. I don't want to get up here. If You wouldn't be here if I was up here teaching what I think. Right? No. People come up to you that are hungry and go, wow, god, God's god been talking to me all week about this scripture and then I come here and, and here it is again. Yeah. It's the Holy Spirit. he's, He's literally taking from the head of the church Jesus and he's showing it to us. So you believe God for revelation and you believe God for utterance. Revelation, the more you peer into the word, the deeper you'll go. The more it'll open, the more you'll see it. Here is the tendency in camp, stream, I don't know what we are, this thing that we call word of faith, right? My... Are you a word of faith church? Absolutely. Does that mean I'm a Haganite or a Coplanite? No, that's not what I'm thinking about. Paul said, I preached the word of faith. Why? Because he believed if he preached God's word, it would produce faith in the hearers. So my response would be, of course I am, aren't you? Every church should be a word of faith church. But I'm just talking about our circles. Because you guys come, we all come, we hear a lot of the same truth. But there's a tendency to think you know something because you've heard it many times. And you could hear the same thing a thousand times and never know it. Right? There's so many Christians that they, I I mean, I've ministered to people before. They're coming to me because, man, I've got some situations and I could hardly talk because they finish every scripture that I start to tell them. They could finish it. Oh, yeah, I know. No, you don't know or you wouldn't be here. You don't know. You just have heard this so many times. You have a tendency to think you know. Right? There's always more revelation and light in scripture It's not just what you've heard or what you know. Now, this is very important you get this. It is what you are living, what you are doing, and what you are practicing. I could read every book on a specific type of martial arts, I could study it for years but I am not getting in the ring with somebody who is a, wor- right? My friend was in a, a dojo, Chuck Norris's dojo back in the 70s, and he, when he became a black belt, when you became a black belt, you've heard me tell this story before. You had to get in there and spar with Chuck Norris, which at the time was, I mean, he was in his prime. I mean, now I think he's greater from some of the things I've heard, you know he says something and the universe stops, or you know all those Chuck Norris <laughs> jokes, right? But, but he was like a six-time world champion kickboxer, right? I mean, he, he could hurt you and feel good about it. And you'd have to literally, and everybody knew when you, when you passed that test, and now the final, final test, when you knew all the movements and you could do all this stuff, the final test was you had to spar with Chuck. And he's coming at you. And, and, and John would talk about it. When you got in there with him, you could see the look on his face, right? And you're just like, and you knew, he's coming at me, and, and the more I shrink back, the harder he's coming. Now, he, you, you kind of knew he wouldn't put you in a hospital, but you probably wouldn't be able to get out of bed the next morning either. <laughs> And you're going to have bruises all over your body. So John talked about it. He said, man, you know, he, all of a sudden, this kick comes at you at the speed of light, and you, you back up. Well, the minute you do that, oh, man, now you've got 20 punches coming at you, hitting you and all this other stuff, until a person, John talked about it. He said, he said all of a sudden, I was, I was in trouble, and it kicked in all that stuff that was in him kicked in and he started doing the mo- the movements and that was what chuck was wanting him to do it's not about what you know it's about what are you doing what are you practicing this is so important and i'm telling you you have an enemy that's playing for keeps he's out to steal kill and destroy and he'll never stop the bible doesn't say when you go into the fire Or if you go into the fire. No, it says when. I love the song we sang because he's with me in the fire. I love that. You know this scripture or at least you've heard this a myriad of times and you'll continue to if you stay around here. Psalm 119 verse 130. Look at what it says. The entrance of his words or uh, the entrance of his words giveth light. Light. That word entrance means the opening of his word. The Holy Spirit, when he opens the word of God to you on the inside, this is what what he does. He opens the word and then he gives it to you. He gives you light. Have you ever had him give you light on something? All of a sudden, you're not stressed anymore. All of a sudden, there's an inner strength in you that you know it's gonna be okay. Okay. I love what R.W. Shambach said when he was alive. He said this, you don't have any problems, all you need is faith in God. Yeah. The entrance of, his, of thy words giveth light, and he also gives you understanding. This Hebrew word means, he, and it all, he also hands you, when he hands you light, he hands you understanding. What that is, is discernment and perception. In other words, you will start perceiving and discerning. You will see things, you'll see your situation as it really is, not as it seems. A doctor can tell you, we're very sorry, there's nothing else we can do, you've got to die, and you could be all excited because you know on the inside, no, that's not the final deal. You can mess things up for years, and, and continually say no to God and go your own way until your whole life, everything about your life is a complete disaster. But the minute you choose to change your mind, your will, and your purpose, and you turn away from that to him, not even knowing how to change, it will instantly start getting better and restoration will come and, and it's amazing Why? Because we're righteous. We're his kids. He loves us. Our debt has been paid. It gives understanding who to the simple. That's a very nice... King James translators were very nice by saying simple because the Hebrew word means stupid. (laughs) Right? Craig Hagen down at Ramah, he's got a, a CD series that the title of it is, Don't Be Stupid. Talking about the prodigal son. Revelation, knowledge of God's word, it changes our thinking and it inspires us to believe. The Holy Spirit today wants to inspire you to believe. He wants to show you that you have hope. Do you know every person you know that's not not born again has no hope? that the person that doesn't believe in God, there's no hope for them. This is it. Are you kidding me? Wow, this is the closest thing to hell you and I are ever gonna be. We got some demons to deal with, some curse to deal with, right? But that's just kind of like a dress rehearsal because our future's glorious. But I'm telling you, your future on this planet, right now at the end of this age, with all hell breaking loose, The gates of hell will never prevail against you. It doesn't change God's provision, plan, purpose for your life. The enemy is defeated. Revelation knowledge changes our thinking and inspires us to believe. God's word enters our heart as we speak it. As soon as light comes, though, something happens. There is a place in every faith battle when when all of a sudden you're in a situation and you start meditating in God's word, there's a place where light comes. And then when light comes, you speak from your heart. Don't be quick to speak. There's a lot of people that are speaking you know, they get, they get something going on in their body and they're immediately, okay, you know, Jesus bore my sickness and carried my pain. And they wonder why never, nothing ever works because you're not speaking out of your belief in your heart. You're speaking out of something you just know in your head because you've heard it a lot. No, no, meditate in the word. of. Don't be so quick. Listen, you've already won. Yeah, but you don't understand. They gave me three weeks to live. Great. Okay. And that's that three weeks. Have you ever meditated on a scripture for three weeks? Most Christians have never done it. Most Christians have never stayed with the word, a specific word long enough to see that open up. Man, I'm telling you, I could remember, I could remember as an 18-year-old sitting on a rock at Laguna Beach. I will go there this week. I'm hopping on a plane tonight tonight. I will be at Laguna Beach tomorrow and when we watch a sunset, I will look at that rock and I'll cry. Because that was the first time I had really ever went, wow, I saw that it was going to be okay. Even when in the natural, I just didn't see it any other way. I, I sat on that rock and I started seeing that I was not worthless. Revelation. That's how we live. Man doesn't live by bread alone. But man lives zoe life by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Wow. Psalm 119, verse 105, what are we talking about? Thy word, it's a lamp to my feet, and it's a light to my path. This scripture's been going off in me. I almost can't read it. Isaiah 53 verse 1. I love this scripture. The 53rd chapter of Isaiah is that great redemptive chapter talking about Jesus, but it starts out with this. I keep I don't I know God wants to do something big with this. It's just like right now I'm I'm just in my spirit. It's just rolling around. It never stops. When I sleep, it's like I'm dreaming about it. Who hath believed our report? And to whom, to whom is, who hath, past tense, believed our report? What report? This report. Who hath believed our report and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? The arm of the Lord. See, all the miracles Jesus did, all the demons that he cast out, like the the madman at Gadara, right? Hundreds of demons in this man. The Bible says that they were cast out with the finger of God. You need healing, right? So let me show you. So you've got an incurable disease that you're about to die from. And to God, this is it. And so you believe that you receive, and God, this is what God has to do. This is how much energy he needs to cast out a demon, to cast out any sickness and disease, to work a miracle in your life. We read in the Bible these feats with the finger of God. But when God rose Jesus from the dead, it said it took his arm. The very arm of God is a type of the manifest power, the kratos power of God. Who is the very... See, because when Jesus came out of the grave, guess what? Every human being... The power of spiritual death was broken off every one of them. God raised all humanity. Now, not all humanity receives it, but that was with the arm of God. That's amazing. Who is the manifest presence of God going to be revealed to? Only those that believe the report. So I'm going to to, to close with this scripture 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 13. I love this scripture. Paul, writing to the Christians at Thessalonica, said this. For this cause also, thank we God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God, which you heard of us, you received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, The word of God, which effectually works also in you that believe. The word of God, when you receive it, we don't come to church. We don't come to church to receive from Pastor Tony. We come to church to receive, as it is in truth, the very word of God, which when I believe it, it will effectually start working in me. This word received, it literally means to take, to accept, to join to oneself. It means to receive. To oneself, that's how I receive the word, and it will begin to effectually work in me. It means the word will start being operative, to be at put to be at work. This Greek word means to put forth power. Do you know when you receive the word of God in Galatians three thirteen, which says Christ has redeemed me? from the curse of the law, when you receive that as the word of God and you take it and join it to yourself and you start walking around saying, Father, I thank you. I am redeemed from sickness and disease. I am redeemed from arthritis. I'm redeemed from poverty and lack. Do you realize that now your very words coming out of your mouth that you believe in your heart will literally, the word of God will put forth power. It'll come right out of your spirit and start healing your body. It'll come right out of your spirit and start providing things for you. But it's always in those that believe. So I'm gonna read this to you in the Amplified Classic. It says, and we also especially thank God continually for this that when you received the message of God which you heard from us, you welcomed it not as the word of mere men, but as it truly is the word of God which is effectually at work in you who believe. Exercising, now it's bringing out the Greek word here. Exercising, its, it's superhuman power in those who adhere to and trust in and rely on it. The superhuman power, the very divine power of God is released when you take the word to yourself and receive it as God's word. And it'll change your life forever. Amen?